So getting back to our story, we're going to talk a little bit about the idea, you know, what's really important in life. You know, football's just a game, you know, but there are some things in this life that it's not a game. It's very serious. When you think about, you know, and I, and I kind of, on the, that was from CBN, right, uh, Christian Broadcasting Network. And if you go there, they have a bunch of, of uh, pieces about uh, abortion and what's going on in the world and what's going on like recently in New York and, and now even in our state they're, they're uh, you know, rallying for that same uh, thing that they just passed in New York and it's such a tragic, tragic, sad, sad thing and I think we all have to be praying and, and getting involved. That's why we support CareNet but you know, uh, that's not a game. Football is just a game. But stuff like, like you know, terminating children's lives and even up to the point of birth and even after birth they were talking about if you see some of the pieces they, they said well you know that the the doctor you know if the if the baby's born and still alive well the doctor and the the mom will have a discussion and then decide what they're going to do so they're going to kill the baby in other words the baby's already alive the baby's already born even so it, it, you know, it's this tragic, this is, this is not a game, this is life, this is what's going on around us now. And so we need to keep perspective, yes we do, and, and uh, you got to get up and go to work tomorrow, we, we all got to do what we still got to do no matter what happens tonight. We can have fun, right, we had fun earlier, we can have fun, we can watch the game, we can enjoy it, uh, eat junk food, no, no. I'm not allowed. I got some bad news and some good news for you. What do you want to hear first? I left my wife. Oh wait, that's the good news. No, no wait, that's the bad news. The good, the good news, she's in California with her folks and they're like 80 and she's there helping them and, and just spending some extra time with them. And, and that's, a, that's good news, right? She's coming home on Tuesday. John chapter 4, back to our story about the, the woman at the well. And she, you know, she spoke to these people. They, they went and they had this encounter for themselves with Jesus. And you and I need, need to do that. You know, raising kids, you know, always, I saw this, you know, for a while they were young and they were kind of like on the, you know, they were in there with our faith. But there came a point in time with each one of them where they had to make their own decision. They had to make it their own faith if they were going to make that decision. And, and that's very crucial. And you and I, each one of us needs to make that personal decision concerning Jesus, the Savior of the world. Now, today we, we pick it up from there. We move on. And, and uh, I don't know if you can see this map very well from where you are, but, but they were down here. This is Samaria, right? And they were down here in Sychar, this area. And he was down in Jerusalem, and then he's traveling up. And, and so he was there just for a few days. And now he's traveling back up to Galilee, which is where he was, he was from, right? His hometown is, was Nazareth. Later on, he, he uh, became uh, settled in the town of Capernaum. Of course, he was born down here in Bethlehem, but, but he was raised and he lived up here in the Galilee. They call it the Galilee region. And so... Today he's leaving Samaria, moving up north into Galilee, and he has a, a personal encounter with somebody else. He had this encounter with this woman, right, the woman at the well, and now he has an encounter with another person. This is a, 
an important person, an official. This woman is kind of a contrast. You know, the woman, uh, you know, with the five husbands and, and the not so good reputation. Now she's with this guy who's got the big reputation, the power, and, and everything else. What happens there? Does he get a special pass? Does he have a special route that he can take? We'll see. Let's, let's start in verse 43. <clears throat> 43. After the two days he left for Galilee. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. And when he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, for they also had been there. And once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. Jesus, again, he travels, and he's traveling really to his home region, right? And, and it says here, John points this out, that, that Jesus had said these words, that a prophet has no honor in his own country. His own country, his own area, his own region was the Galilee. And that's where, and he's talking about that. And, 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 and I was thinking about that. He had no honor there. And he pointed, he pointed this out, but, but where is he going? To Galilee, right? Nonetheless, despite the fact that a prophet has no honor in his hometown, where did he go? To, to his hometown, his home region, his home area. Nonetheless, he went there. That tells me a couple of things. One, that that's what Jesus is like. Nothing stops him. But it kind of speaks to me too about you and I and, and the people that are close to us who perhaps, you know, they, they think you're a nut. Right? They think you are a Jesus freak nut. And, and you know, I know you. I, I, I grew up with you. I, I saw you growing up. I, you know, who are you to tell me anything about anything? You're a snot lows little kid, and, or at least you were. Maybe you still are. You know, I, I, you know this because I, I wasn't here last week. I went to San Diego. I was, I'm from San Diego, and, and that's my home, and that's where my family is. And, you know, it's, it's like, oh, that's just Richard. They don't call me Rich, by the way. Call me Richard. My wife calls me Richard. And a few other things, but I'm going to that right now. You know, it's hard to reach family, isn't it? It's hard. Because they don't really want to listen to what you have to say. But nonetheless, Jesus went back to Galilee. Nonetheless, we try. Nonetheless, we ask God, well, how can I... Be there for them. And I think the biggest and most important thing is that we pray for them. That we pray for them. I've, I've really tried to do this. Pray for, you know, those members of my family that are still alive. My brothers and one of my sisters are still alive. And pray for them on a, on a regular basis. I try to, pr try to make that a, a point to pray for them. And you and I can still do that. I have to say, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this later, that God gave me favor you know, on this trip, maybe more than any other trip, you know, I went back from my dad's memorial service, and I'll talk about that at the end, but, but God gave me favor, so you never know. You never know what could happen. You have to be willing. The, this woman, she, she went back to her own place, right? 
She went back to her own town, and, and I don't think she had a lot of honor there. I really don't. But she went back, and, and then look what happened. It, like a, a revival broke out. Radical things, you know, happened because she was willing to step out and, and speak up for this man named Jesus. Now, back in Galilee, it says, we read it there in verse 45, that when he got there, they welcomed him. They welcomed him, but... but why did they welcome him? What does it say in the passage there? It says they welcomed him. Why? Because they had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover feast. Why did they welcome him? Not really for who he was. They welcomed him because of what they saw him do. Right? We sang, a, sang about it. You know, Jesus doesn't owe us anything. You know, do we worship him just for, for who he is or for what he's going to give me? The blessings that I can get from him. And, and we all kind of go that way. They'd seen all that he had done. In, in chapter 2, it talks about miracles that he, that he was doing back there in Jerusalem. And, you know, miracles are cool. Is God still able to do miracles? Yes, he is today. But is that why we worship God? Is that why we go to Jesus? Just for what we can get? Or, or is it just because of who he is? You, under, you understand what I'm saying? Does that make any sense to you? Just for who he is. The all-powerful one. That we might bow down and worship him. The second part of verse 46. Look there. We'll, we'll read it. It says, and there was. He's back in Cana now. You remember Cana? Where he had turned the water into wine. He says, there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. He was a, a royal official. He, he probably was, uh, you know, working for Herod. Probably. We don't know for sure. But he, he had power. He was important. He had position. He probably was very wealthy. He was a real person. Notice it says, in the NIV, it says, a certain royal official. This is a specific individual, not just any royal fish, a certain one. That's why I think God, he, he focuses down on each one of us. He knows you and me individually, personally, in a way that no one else possibly can. He'll speak to you in ways that only you can understand. Why? Because he knows you, because he knows me, he knows everything about us. But he saw this specific, this certain royal official. But yet, he had all those things, but yet he was a parent. He was a parent in need, wasn't he? That's what he was. He had a child who was sick, deathly sick, deathly ill. I couldn't help. I, I you know, sorry if I, I make this connection, but I was thinking about that this morning and, and what I was saying a few minutes ago about, you know, what's going on in our country and in the world and in and, 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 and relates to abortion. And, and here we have a story. This is real life. A man whose child is so sick he's going to die and, and he'll do anything to save that child. Quite a contrast, isn't it? Verse 47, when this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him. And he begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. 
He went to Jesus when he, when he had a problem, and this is probably 15 to 20 miles away. It says that, you know, he made that journey. It was a day's journey. Again, no cars, no trains, no buses. He made that journey. He went to Jesus no, no matter how far it was. And, and I think those of you that have children, you can kind of get the picture here. If something is wrong with your child, you will do anything and, and, and make that trip if you need to. So he went and he asked. He went to Jesus. He went to Jesus. And, I, and, and just that thought alone is enough you know, for us to stop and think. When we have needs in our lives, what do we do? Where do we go? It says he went to Jesus. Maybe you've got something in your life right now and you need to go, you need to bring it to Jesus. You need to go and talk to him about this thing, whatever it is. He went to Jesus. He asked, he begged, he prayed. I find Jesus' response a little kind of, kind of strange, but when you, when you see the whole picture and the whole story, look at verse 48. He says, he says this, unless you people... See, see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. Say, you know, Jesus, he says some things, and, but, but he always gets to the heart. And really what, what the heart of the matter is, is believing. The heart of the matter is faith. Do you really trust me? You, you need to see these signs and wonders. Do you trust me? Notice Jesus didn't say no. Right? We, you know, if you, you've read the story before, you know what he's going to do. He didn't say no, but he wanted to deal with this man's faith. He wanted to get to what the, really the heart of the matter was, was, was a, a heart of faith. Do you trust me? And I, and I think that is the number one thing that God deals with you and I in our lives day after day after day. Do you trust me? Will you trust me? No, I got to see all these things happen. But he says, do you trust me? Will you trust me? You know, there's the, this idea that, you know, that, that we've heard these words, seeing is believing, right? And that's, that's kind of what we want. If I see it, then I will believe it. But there's, a, there's another way, of, uh, another way that, that, that the Bible talks a lot about is believing is seeing. When you have faith, when you tr just trust him and, and see what he will do. We say, I want to see first. You remember doubting Thomas, right? What did he say to Jesus after the resurrection? Or what did he say to his, his fellow disciples? Unless I see, right? Unless I see physically Jesus alive, you know, the, the, the prince in his hands, the, the hole in his side, unless I see that, I will not believe. It's like I will not believe unless I see. Jesus came, and he showed himself to Thomas, by the way. See, Jesus, I think, he knows. He knows that, you know, that we're, he knows how we are. He knows that we're just dust, and, 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 he, and he still works with us. I'm so thankful for that. He'll still work with us and, and help us. Look at verse 49. It said, the royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Sir, come down before my child. It's like you didn't even really hear what Jesus was saying. I don't know if you ever do that. But one thing that is positive about that is that he was persistent. 
He was persistent. He said, Jesus, you know, I don't understand all that, but please come down. Please help me. Please, you, help me. All the things that he had, his royal standing, his money, his position, his power, none of those things could help him. So Jesus really was his only hope. It was his last hope. In verse 50, verse 50 is... It's really the heart of this passage. It's really, it's an incredible, incredible verse. What does it say there? Jesus replied, you may go. Your son will live. And the man took Jesus at his word and departed. That's powerful, isn't it? Jesus gave him his word. Jesus spoke to the man and he gave him his word. He said, you may go, your son will live. You see, the distance was no problem for Jesus anyways. The man wanted him to go and physically be where his son was. But, but that didn't matter. That doesn't matter to God. That doesn't matter when we pray. We don't need to be there to pray for somebody. But Jesus gave him his word. And you know what? I truly believe today that he gives us his word. And he will speak to you and he speaks, he speaks through that still small voice. He'll speak to you and to me, whatever your situation is. You come to him, you bring your need to him, whatever it is, Jesus will speak. Now, does that mean he's always going to bring a healing? He's always going to do exactly what we want? Not necessarily. But I believe he will answer for you and I to listen. He knows, and he has the answers. So in this account here, what, what happens next? Does the man argue with him? Well, Jesus, okay, let's go. You know, that's okay, but you need to come with me. Does he say that to the man? Does he argue with him? Does he try to say, listen, you need to be there. You need to, this is the way, and, and kind of direct Jesus. Give Jesus direction, if you can believe that. You know, the, the word Lord means master, right? The Lord means someone that's in charge. Who, that's the one that gives the, the direction and the orders. But, you know, you and I sometimes, we say, Jesus, if you'll just do it like this, I have an idea that... I've been thinking about this for a while, and I've got this idea. If you'll just kind of follow along with it, we'll get this thing handled. We will get this thing handled. And he says, you are ridiculous. <laughs> because I will get the thing handled, but you need to listen to me. And you need to do it my way, not your way. What does it say? It says, the man took Jesus at his word, and he departed. He believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him. That's what, what he wants for you and me today. To believe the word that Jesus has spoken. And go, act, do whatever it is that he's asking us to do. It says he departed. He left. Notice in this particular instance, he believed first before he saw. Right? He believed enough to leave. I wonder, and I, I think about this sometimes, you know, if, if we really believe what Jesus says, we'll act, we'll go, we'll obey, we'll do. But, but do we really believe what we say we believe? 
Do we really believe what we believe? Or we kind of like have this, you know, mental picture of, you know, of our faith and all this stuff, but are we, are we willing to step and, and do, step out and be what God has called us to step out and do and be? Verse 51 and while he was still on the way, he left. He took Jesus at his word. He departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. You see, he believed first, and then he got word. Then he saw. Then he got proof, right? But it wasn't until after he believed. When did it happen? Verse 52. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better... They said to him, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. And then the father realized that, that, that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and all his household believed. Wow. That's kind of incredible. When did, he, when did it happen? It happened exactly when Jesus said. I was thinking about this, though. You know, Did it happen when the man believed? See, because we kind of put that trip on people sometimes. Well, you just got to have faith, and then it'll happen. But your faith isn't strong enough, and so it's not going to happen. It happened what? We read it here. It happened when Jesus said. That's when it happened. So... So now we see the whole household is affected. It says he and all his household, they saw what Jesus has done and they believed. So, so he made the decision, he believed and he departed, he left and then he saw. And now it says that they saw and then they believed. See, it kind of happens both ways. And, and he already believed, but, but he kind of believed more. And God does things in our lives to strengthen our faith. And we'll say, wow, that's incredible. I guess I can trust you more. I guess I can believe more. I guess I will follow you. Because you do seem to know what you're doing. Even without my help. And my advice. It's all about trusting him, isn't it? They went to him. Warren Wiersbe pointed this out, and I want to just put this on the screen for you. Kind of the growth in faith that happened in this situation. You know, this man, he had a crisis. He, he, he called it crisis faith. He, he had a crisis, and he came to Jesus. He had enough faith to say, listen, i got to go find that man, Jesus. And do you know what that's like? Crisis faith? Like, you know your life is messed up. Something is going really bad, and you you got to go. You, you're going to go to God. God, help me. I, I cry out to you. And the Psalms are full of this kind of crisis faith, right? But, but, but God wants us to grow in our faith as well. And, and, and his crisis faith kind of he, he, it became this kind of confident faith where he, he believed enough to depart and say, Okay, Jesus, you said it. I'm going to go. Now, maybe in the back of his mind, he was still thinking, I don't know, I'm not sure, but, the, but he said I can go, so I'm going to go. And he's kind of still got that, that thing growing in his heart and his mind. And then, and then he gets the word along the way, and it's kind of confirmed. His faith is confirmed. And not only that, but it's contagious. 
It spreads to other people. You know, again, you and I, we're all on this journey. We're all on this path. We're all, you know, kind of going through the steps. And God is working with us, as I said, each of us individually. And, and I don't know what it is. Where are you, where are you at in this? And, and not that you're never going to be on the other stages again, because we kind of like go through cycles, don't we? Oh, I'm back at that crisis faith again. It just, it's just life, isn't it? Let's read the last verse there. This was the second miraculous sign that Jesus performed, having come from Judea to Galilee. It wasn't the second total number of miracles that he performed, the second one there in that area, in that region. But what's the application here is that, that but you and I need to take Jesus at his word. Take him at his word. Of course, to... To do that, we need to know what His Word says, right? We need to hear His Word. We need to read it. We need to, to take it in. And He calls us to, to trust His Word and, and, and act on it. This, this, you know, this isn't only for the, the needs that we have in our lives. This is for life itself. When His Word you know, explains to us, challenges us, uh, gives us direction, and we need to obey His Word and do what, do what it says. I like at the end of uh, John, uh, the story in John chapter 13 where Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. He says, you know, uh, now that you know what to do, He said, happy are you if you do these things. We want to know where happiness is. It's not disobeying. It's found following after Him and doing what He asks us to do. John Corson said this, he said, how stress-free and happy you and I could be if we too would read the word and believe it. And I'll add, do it. Put it into action. Take Jesus at his word. Again, I don't know what it is in your life, where you're at, but I, 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 I'm a firm believer that God will speak to you and that he will direct you, he will show you, he will help you. I've seen it. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in other people's lives. Uh, I know it personally. And I know that you can know it personally too. Amen? Amen. Okay. Let's pray and then I'm going to uh, uh, talk a little bit about my dad and, and sing a song for you uh, that he wrote the words for. Father in heaven, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. I, I thank you for sending your son Jesus who, who met uh, that woman, who met that man, who meets each one of us in, in a very personal, in a very real way, and, and you meet us and you help us and you, and you bring us to that place of trust. Father, I don't know what each and every person here is going through. I just know that life is hard. And I have hard days sometimes and hard nights sometimes. But you are faithful. And you continue to tell me and you tell us, will you trust me? Will you just trust me? I'm the Almighty, I'm the Creator, and I, and I have a plan. And I'm going to work it out if you'll just trust me. Hold on. And that's what he says to you and to me. Whatever it is, maybe in your life, bring it to him right now. Come to Jesus right now. Pray, ask, beg for him to intervene in your life.
And I trust, I trust that he will. And, and I know that he will answer you in one way or another. He will answer you and be there for you. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. You are utterly faith, faithful even when we are faithless. You remain faithful because that's who you are. And we come to you this morning for who you are, not just for what you can do, but for who you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>